that's what I thought too, <laughs> like from the beginning of this. Cause I was yeah, like, yeah, okay, did I cool. misremember this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So you thought when you first saw this, that this was like a lesbian flick. Hey, this is David. And this is Alon and welcome to, I finally watched and I finally watched Francis Ha. So Francis Ha, I saw back when it came out. I'm not sure theaters or when it was released on DVD or Blu-ray. And I really liked it. And it was kind of like my introduction to Greta Gerwig. Um, I'm not sure if it's the first thing I saw. She had this other movie that came out uh, the same year, Lola Versus. And I know I saw that one too. Um, and then she, you know, obviously had some stuff before that. But this was kind of my, my introduction to her. And got to say, I was like highly impressed with her and with this movie overall. Um, but I haven't seen it since then. So rewatching it was, you know, I remembered a lot of it because it did make an impression on me. But rewatching it was pretty great because there's just a lot of comedy in it. So a lot mm -hmm. of jokes that like hit again after not seeing it for eight years. Um, so Alan, upon watching it for the first time, what did you think of Francis Ha? I liked it okay. Um, I'm not usually like a huge fan of this sort of film. I, you know, I can recognize a, a good movie and this is definitely a good movie. I just, I just am not a huge fan of it, but what I did really like was the acting, uh, her acting. And I really liked her in this. And it's like that, you know, that kind of that awkward quirky girl that doesn't really say the right things or do the right things all the time. But, you know, she has a good, you know, a good heart or good meaning behind what she does. And I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Like, you know, I've talked about this before about like bomb back movies and how the awkwardness of them and how, you know, some of his later movies, I don't really feel that as much. And on the scale of that, this is kind of in the middle to me. It's, it's pretty easy to watch as far as that goes, but there are some moments where she's just going on these long monologues or trying to take over conversations to talk about what she wants to that are super like, She's an awkward person when she talks to people, especially ones that don't know her because mm -hmm. she kind of talks to people in a way where you should just, you know, be able to keep up. Um, but it's yeah. like, it's like she acts with people. <laughs> I never really thought of it this before, but it's like, she just read a book about how to make friends and she's trying to follow that step by step when she meets someone, you know what I mean? Well, well, what I thought you were going to say, and this is the thing that bothered me the most, is she tells stories to people and facts to people about her life of things that, like, as if they're her friend, as if they should know this. And, like, my favorite part of the movie is when she's telling Benji and his, like, girlfriend, like, oh, I'm going to Paris for two days. And she's like, why are you only going to Paris for two days? And she's like, oh, well, I have a meeting with Colleen on Monday. And the girl's like, I don't know you. <laughs> like, why are you talking to me as if I know who you are? Right. Like, you know, she'll, you know, people will say, oh, I know um, your friend Sophie. And she's like, oh, Sophie and I are the same person with different hair. And it's just like, she talks to people just like, and I mean, I guess you can say that's kind of like an endearing quality, like if you're friends with that person, because it's just like, you're immediately like in their life and they're like, you're someone that they're going to be, you know, be with and be there for like a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, she's not a selfish person. 
Um, no, because when she talks about herself in that way, I, I don't feel like it comes from a place of narcissism, but it comes from just a place of like, I don't know what to say, so this is what I am going to say. And it obviously works with some people, like Adam Driver's character, you know? But it obviously doesn't work with some people. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, Adam Driver, which is funny, like seeing Adam Driver in this, and I kind of forgot that he was in it, but this is just like a precursor to while we're young, like his character, like more fully explored a couple years later. Right. Um, Because it's the exact same guy. But even the way like this movie opens um, when her, her boyfriend is like showing the cats, like I think that's like a kind of a perfect opening for this movie uh, in like the direction of it, because this comedically, I think is one of his funny, uh, Bombach's funniest movies. And it was actually him and Greta Gerwig co-wrote it together, which kind of maybe lends to why that is. Um, because, you know, Lady Bird is quite funny, too. But in the beginning, when her boyfriend is talking about these cats he's going to get, and she's like, oh, well, how are you going to take care of them when you're gone? He's like, well, I thought you would move in with me. And she's just, oh, well, I have this lease, and, you know, I don't want to break it. And then the boyfriend's like, I don't think this is working out. She's like, oh, so you're breaking up with me? And he's like, yeah, you just we haven't been good for a while. He's like, oh, she's like, okay. And he's like, wait, where are you going? He's like, are we breaking up or are we not breaking up? Like, you know what I mean? Like those awkward, like the awkward conversations of the movie, like, well, to be, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think he goes, Oh, this isn't working out. And she goes, Oh, I'm just going to go. And then he's like, what? She's like, you just broke up with me. He's like, did I? (laughs) And um, to be fair, it was unclear on her end. Like, did he, but she obviously wanted to get out of it. And in the most, you know, Francis Ha sort of way, the most awkward sort of way she may, you know, she gets out of there and it's like, okay, well, it's almost like this id calling her, right? It's like, she does what she needs to do in that moment. She doesn't really like think about how that affects other people. I mean, no, like if someone says to you, like, this isn't working out and we haven't been good for a while. That's them breaking up with you. So I feel like her reaction to that is the right reaction. No, but that's not what he said. I mean, I'm not going to go on a whole thing with you, but watch it again because he was like, he says it kind of under his breath. He's like, oh, this, uh, this isn't working out. And she just takes it like, oh, okay, we're broken up and I'm fine with that. If you tell someone this isn't working out. <laughs> I don't know. It was very awkward. Anyway, they were both awkward, but... um. But no, I, I, yeah, I think though it was meant to, it was written in a way where it was like, she wanted to be out of there. Therefore she, you know, she heard what she wanted to hear and she left. Which I'm, t- I'm team Francis on this one. So no, me too. Me too. I mean, he seemed kind of a douche anyways, but the point, the point is, is that I think it was like kind of a good character introduction to her because it showed like, you know, she doesn't take in things the same way everyone else does. And she doesn't say things the same way everyone else does. And it's like, okay, right off the bat, we kind of get what this girl is all about. Right. Well, even before that too, this is something I forgot about when her and Sophie are sort of living together and then like they're sharing a bed and Greta's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go sit in my, uh, 
I'm going to go lay in my bed. You know, I pay for it. And she's like, just turn the light off and close your computer and sleep here. And then later on, she's like, oh, the baristas across the street thought we were a lesbian couple that doesn't have sex anymore. And I was like, that's what I thought too, <laughs> like from the beginning of this. Cause I was yeah, like, yeah, okay, did I cool. misremember this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So you thought when you first saw this, that this was like a lesbian flick. No, I'm saying like the instantaneous, re- like they clear that up very quickly, obviously, but like the start of it, I'm like, oh, okay. I, I'm misremembering this. I, I didn't realize this was it. You know, the funny thing is, is that even though they kind of established that they're both straight in the very beginning, as the movie went on and it's like, oh, she's not with Sophie anymore. And then Sophie kind of pops back in her life at that college dorm. I was like, this is going to turn into a, a lesbian movie right now. But no. I'm sorry it dashed your hopes. <laughs> but, you know, that, that is the kind of thing with, with this sort of movie is that I didn't know where it was going. So everything, like, everything that happened was kind of like, oh, this is, this is this kind of movie now. Up the, now this is this kind of movie now, you know? Right. And I think that, yeah, they do a good job of that, but then also, of like, kind of not explaining things. And, like, I think Baumbach does that in general. But, you know, the next part of the movie is she gets introduced to Benji and Lev, who are, you know, Adam Driver, and then Benji's Michael's, Zegan? I don't know. But anyway, I mean, Adam Driver really is all you, right. you obviously, the one you would care about or know more. And it's funny because she, like, she gets the, she's broke, which she explains several times. And because her friend Sophie gets this great apartment with this other girl, she sort of gets kicked out, which is like, you know, this, in a lot of ways, this, this uh, movie reminded me a little bit like of, you know, uh, curbing your enthusiasm you know larry david right because like she does these things and just everything doesn't work out for her like she breaks up with her boyfriend because she's gonna live with sophie but if she had known that sophie was gonna find this other apartment with this other girl she probably would have just stayed with her boyfriend just because she needed a place to live in new york you know what i mean which is like obviously not the best but right but then that leads into her like living with adam driver and benji and like that to me, that that part of the movie is like really great, you know. Just Bombeck does these movies that are kind of like his style, and a lot of them just include like these artistic people that live to me in like a different world than the rest of us, and like the way they talk and the way they communicate. Yeah. Like uh, Benji's like got an in at SNL, and I imagine like every person in New York who's like wants to be famous has got like an in at SNL to like right write or act or i'm gonna get an audition yeah and you know you you're right that that kind of like i don't know do you want to call it bohemian sort of lifestyle um whether it's in la or new york or or wherever i i uh, when i lived in la i had a little bit of like what that was like because i knew people who were like that and it you're right it's just it's a different forget a different world it's like a different universe it's like these people are on things that it's like holy crap, you know? And I think uh, Bombach really captures that, not in like an ostentatious way, you know, not like an over-the-top way, but in a really realistic sort of way that it's like, you know, it might seem over-the-top for us, but yeah, this really happens like that for these people. No, right. It kind of just feels like you're sticking a camera like in an apartment in New York of some people who are trying to make it, like Adam Driver's trying to become a sculptor, Benji's a writer, 
uh, Francis Ha wants to be an interpretive dancer, which like, let me tell you, like the least believable part of this was like that she was good, which I guess <laughs> she's supposed to be kind of just like middling and like, you know what I mean? Like someone who should have given up on this a while ago, but um, I, that part of the movie to me is, is great. I do like, like her and all her friends, particularly Benji and Lev, but also Sophie are just like so passive aggressive to each other. Right. You know, like there's the elephant in the room of like Francis can't really pay rent places and can't pay a lot. And, you know, the way they kind of bring up like, Oh, you know, we need your check. And she's like, Oh, uh, you know, I, I, I thought I only had to pay this much. And then later on, she's like, yes, I lost the Christmas show. So it's going to be really hard for me to pay rent. And Benji, who's trying to sleep with her at the time is like, Oh, you'll figure something. We'll figure something out. Don't worry about that. Right. It's just like, they're so like, they never want to have confrontation ever. They just want to have like, not a vacation, but just like, there is no, there are no complaints. You know, this, uh, this down on the luck, you know, if this movie is anything, it's a very strong character piece focusing on on Francis. And it's, you know, she's always down on her luck. Bad things are happening to her. And she's just trying to find a way to keep her head above water. R- really reminds me of uh, Lewin Davis. Um, Inside Lewin Davis. I, I, I don't think you've ever seen that. Um, it will be an upcoming episode. Yes, I know. But it's... Uh, Oh my God. What's his name? Oscar. Isaac. Isaac. And uh, it really reminds me of that sort of stuff. I really, Inside Lumen Davis is one of my favorite films. And I don't know why I didn't quite attach myself to Francis Ha. Maybe it was just a bit too awkward. But the one thing I will say, kind of going off. (laughs) <laughs> no the one thing i will say going off of what you said about like all the people in her life don't want that immediate confrontation is the thing about inside lewin davis is that it's always immediate confrontation and for me i think i didn't attach myself well to francis haas because it's too easygoing for me and so i think that's one of the things that i was like I could definitely be harder on her. And I, and I do think at times she gets off too easy. Well, and you almost think that she probably doesn't grow as quickly because of that. You know what I mean? Right. Like someone is in her life to just like, listen, you know, you have to grow up now. Um, not give up on your dreams necessarily, but kind of like recalibrate what your dreams are. And like, you can still be involved with dance, but it's not going to be the same way where you're like with this company and you're a lead or you're on the touring, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're going to have to change a little bit. Yeah. And you see those changes very, like you said, slowly, but also you don't see the, the decision-making like you, you see her after the fact, like, Oh, she's here now. Uh, I guess a strong example is that, is that the dance, the lead dance, choreographer instructor i don't know what you call them um offers her like a, a temp job right like a secretary job and she denies it but then like the next you know the next time you see her in the in the dance studio she's working that job so she kind of realizes like hey it's not what i want to do but it's kind of what i have to do you know 
Yeah, and I think if you had like one complaint uh, from this movie, but it didn't bother me that much, it's just her transformation is very sudden, sudden, kind of abrupt. And it's like, there's not like a great explanation of what causes it. You know, she goes from, you know, Sophie in her dorm room complaining about Patch and how she's going to break up with him and they're going to move back in together. And the next morning, Sophie like realizes she was drunk and says, hey, I got to go to this funeral with Patch and writes her a note. And Francis chases after her. And then it cuts to Francis kind of accepting the job and like, you know, a kind of a more normal life, but still getting to do things she wants to. So you do sort of cut out that transformation um, into, I guess, responsibility a little bit. But the rest of the movie is so funny that I think it's possible that they wanted to just not take it too serious in that direction. Yeah. And another like abrupt change she has is when she's in that dorm room with Sophie towards the latter end of the movie. And she's like, you know, Sophie is crying and she's like, I'm going to leave him and we're going to move back to New York. And it looks like Francis is getting her way again without much struggle. And then you know, that doesn't happen. And Sophie just leaves. And it's like, yeah, they become friends again. But she's married to Patch at this point, the next time we see them. And it's like, you know, she didn't get what she wanted. But then on the other hand, she does seem okay with that. But it kind of confuses us as the audience, because the last time we saw her, she wasn't okay with that. So I, I see what you mean. It's like that, like, oh, I guess she's there now in her life and she did grow a little bit in that when she sees patch and sophie unexpectedly at the college and you know sophie's drunk and she tells uh, sophie's like oh francis doesn't like you don't even talk to her and francis is like i do like him and she's like i do like you patch and then later on when she's sophie she's like i do actually like him now like so there is a little bit of growth there but yeah. i think overall like the beginning of it works so well with me with the, the like the comedy and I um that I kind of get why you don't need to go too in depth like it's it's kind of an obvious growing up you know what I mean because at a certain point you just run out of options like what are her options left anyway right yeah um, I mean exactly I the I do want to go back to a beginning because there's so many funny points in this movie um uh, the one that jumps to mind immediately is it's sort of a cut and Francis comes out of a building and this is like right before she starts living with uh, Lev and Benji and she calls Lev and she's just like I just got a tax rebate do you want to go to dinner <laughs> it's just like the idea of I just came into some money and I'm broke and that could be used for paying for things or this and that and it's like no let me go blow it on dinner which of course turns into a scene of like the restaurant doesn't accept debit cards, which, which in 2020 seems obviously so foreign. Um, but her running around town, like looking for an ATM and then yeah. seeing a $3 charge and like, Oh, am I going to do this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that whole scene was great for me. And then that leads to another kind of an awkward thing where she doesn't quite, you know, accept everything. Um, not accepting everything, but uh, like, understand everything the way other people understand it when lev asked her like hey did you go to switzerland and she's like no i've never been to switzerland and he was like no i mean like like you took so long 
And it's like, yeah, we as the audience get it. And we kind of understand that miscommunication, but it's like anyone else would have picked up on it. And she never does. Right. And then she goes to living with them. And I love like, what's funny is you, there's kind of this like, not sexual tension, but there's like this like, will her and Adam drive her date? But then it immediately goes to her living there. And instead, you just see woman after woman that Adam Driver brings home. And I love the scene at breakfast when she's like, oh, I have so much to do today. But they're like, oh, well, we'll make you breakfast. And she's like, oh, free breakfast. And then his girl that Adam Driver just had, you know, had over. And she's like, you're, you have like an old face. Like you look much older. They talk about Sophie. And she's like, you much, look much older than Sophie. And Benji's like, um, you have an old face, but you don't have your shit together. <laughs> Like that line to me was so. She's like, you have an old face, but you feel young. Like, yeah, like I love that part. Yeah, that that was so funny. Um, and then where it was like, oh, Sophie, like you slept with Sophie's brother. It's like, yeah, I I slept with Sophie's brother. And Adam Driver is like, who? What? Huh? She's like, I met you last night. (laughs) Calm down. It was pretty funny. Yeah, there's all these like really like I, I know we were talking about it in um. In the Meyerwood stories, but Bombach really likes to kind of fill the scenes with all these small details and all these callbacks that sometimes don't pay off, but then sometimes really pays off. Uh, and I think in this film, it pays off in most of the time in like a, a comedic way. Another thing that I thought was kind of just, oh my God, cringeworthy awkwardness was that dinner she had with all of the rest of the dance troops. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Well, it was the dinner before she went to Paris, but I don't think it was, I think it was with one of the dancers and then like the dancer's friends because she started living with that girl. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're right. And then it was just like, like that thing where she does is she just talks to people that she just met and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I already know you like so well. And it's well, like- Well, yeah. Well, and she also, they'll tell an interesting story and then she'll be like, oh, well, they're like, oh yeah, we have, we uh, own a place in Paris. And she's like, oh, my friend Abby, uh, she lives in Paris. She moved in with this guy, you know, Jake or whatever. It was weird because Jake could have really ended up dating any of us, but he ended up dating. It's just like going on and on about these details that no one cares about. And like these people don't know you. Um, yeah, no, that that's like, that was kind of the scene where I was like, oh yeah, this movie is still a little bit awkward. Some oh, awkward it's, it's so awkward. I just found that awkward. So, uh, um and I can't recall them all right now, but I remember there being multiple conversations in that one scene that I was like, please get, <laughs> stop. Um, and then I forget, what's the driving force that kind of, she's like, oh, I, I'm going to Paris. I'm going to go to France for two days. I think it was the fact that uh, Sophie was either moving to Japan. I think it was the fact that Sophie was moving to Japan yeah. And then, you know, other people had talked about places they had traveled. Um, this couple owned the place in Paris. And I think just that was what did it. Yeah. The whole time I was like, how is she going to afford this trip to France? And then it's just like, oh, just max out a credit card. Easy, I guess. I, I love the, the, the girl, uh, her name's Caroline, the one who calls her out for like, I don't know you. Why are you telling me details that... I don't know about and she's like oh yeah I just got this credit card in the mail I'm gonna use it and she's like that's not good for you and she's like I know it's not good for me <laughs> it's like <laughs> how, you don't 
clearly you don't know because I do things that are not good for me. Right. Right. No, but I, you know, um, <laughs> when, when, uh, when she first met them and they were like, Oh, I have this place in France, you know, the polite thing to do is always to be like, Hey, you know, let me know when you're in France and you can stay at my place. She just met these people. And it's like no normal person would ever like take anyone up on that offer, especially like just meeting them. And she's like, um, well, I think I'm going to go to Paris. And they're like, oh, you, you want to stay at our place in Paris? And she's like, yes, <laughs> I, I will now, you know? Yeah, I think the polite thing to do is be like, oh, I couldn't impose on you and hope they offer it again. And just like, no, I just feel like that's too much. And then to offer it, you know, a third time, maybe then you can be like, oh, well, I mean, if you insist. Yeah, yeah. But just to be like, you know, I've thought about it. I will take that free place that you just politely offered me. Yeah. And, oh, my God, it broke my heart when uh, <laughs> she has two days in, Fran in, in Paris and she just sleeps completely through one of them. Yeah. Well, and this brings me to, like, the thing that stuck with me from this film, from the first watch, and it's like, whenever this movie popped into my head, it's always the thing that at first struck me. But who flies to Paris for two days? Right. Like, I obviously know she had to, but it always just thought in my head of like... No, but that, that's the kind of the crazy inside Lewin Davis thing that, I, that you were talking about. Like, she didn't have to. Like, the Kirby Your Enthusiasm joke there is she wants to get back on Monday so she can have that, that meeting with the, with the head dancer. And then she was like, oh, we could have rescheduled. Like, that was the irony of it all. And she was like, my kid was kind of sick today. I almost rescheduled. Yeah, like... But the, the thought of this is like, you know, what's the minimum amount of time like you would take a seven hour flight? Because it's like, you know, obviously if you're like four days, four days. Well, I'm glad you had your answer. But I mean, think about this, though. If you're like rich to where a flight is the same as like buying fast food, then maybe a two day trip makes sense. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, who cares? Right. But like. For normal people, like, yeah, I mean, four days, probably bare minimum. I would want to go, obviously, a little longer. And, like, if you don't have this meeting and you have a free place to stay, like, it's just the flight. But, yeah, yeah. that, like, that always stuck with me as, like, who goes for two days? But what I do like is, as she's in Paris, she's wanting to meet this friend, Abby, who she talked about so much at the dinner, and she keeps calling her and calling her. Yeah. And then, like, it's kind of like right in your face as a joke, but the fact that Abby calls her as she lands in New York and is like, oh my God, we'd love to meet you. We'd love to catch up. And by the way, this guy that you were really into that's like into philosophy and really smart, he's going to be there. And then so many other eligible guys. Like, it's like the joke is like right on the nose about like this missed opportunity and how like nothing ever works out for Francis. Yeah, but you know what? She's a sweetheart, and you. I think some of these movies want you, like movies like this, where it's like the character is always down on their luck. It's like they've done something crappy, or they're not that great of a person, and it's like, yeah, you kind of get what you deserve, but they always have this like one redeeming quality that you're like, kind of rooting for them. But with Francis, it's like she's such a sweet person. She's such a a, a like a kind, thoughtful person that has like maybe one or two bad qualities about her. 
but you're really rooting for her. And when all this shit happens, you just kind of really feel bad. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like the whole time you're not wishing ill on her. It's like she's awkward, but she's also like, as you spend more time with her in the movie, like someone that you care about, you know what I mean? That you want things to work out. Like you feel bad when her like, when her relationship with Sophie is getting more distant. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You feel feel bad when like the Paris trip just like completely doesn't work out. Um, And so it's like, it's shit, but it is still just, it's also hilarious the way that like it plays out. 100%. So I'm about, you know, like five eighths into the movie and (laughs) I'm like, do we, why is it called Francis Ha? At first, I was like, is it like Francis Ha? Like that sort of thing. And I was like, have we ever even heard her last name? I guess her last name could be Ha. I don't know. And then the movie ends, and I was like, oh, cool. And I'm wondering, I, I would assume it's one of those things where the title came after the movie was written possibly or maybe it had a different title but then they like liked that you know little point at the end where she sticks her name in the mailbox and it doesn't all fit but it is also when you see it as an audience member you're like oh there's the title of the movie in the in the movie like oh that's so cute that they did that you know what i mean like making fun of it um but i thought it worked like and i thought it was a nice way to like have the title of the movie right at the end yeah yeah. no no no, i did i it, it was like that nice uh like you said, that feeling whenever, like, e- either written or said, the title of the movie in that movie is always a good feeling to have. I, um, the other thing that I liked, and, you know, you're rooting for, for Francis this whole time. You know, she tells this story at the party, which, by the way, you're talking about, like, all the awkwardness. that These two people are having, like, an in-depth conversation, and she just interrupts them to say, you know what I really want in life? And the girl, like, pays complete full attention to her she's like i just want to have someone that i love and they love me and we're at a party and we're not talking to each other we're talking to different people but we share a look and in that moment which honestly it was like a really cool speech she gives because it is like a cool thing to think like you like have this separate like connection with this person so even though you're talking to these other people like you're in your own world where you're like you look at each other and you're like i love that person they love me and what's funny about when that scene ends, she's like, realizes like, oh, I just awkwardly, everyone's looking at me now. And I told all these people this and I'm so vulnerable. So she's like, oh, I need to leave. But everyone, including like the audience, like everyone in the movie, and I assume the audience too, because I was, it's just like, oh no, that was actually like probably the least awkward thing you've said. And now you feel awkward about yeah. it and leaving. Yeah. But, then, but then the payoff at the end on the nose where you get her and Sophie looking at each other was, I also thought a nice touch to the movie, a little pointed, but like her looking at her and just be like, this is the person I love. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, uh, a sexual relationship. It can be this, like this friendship. Yeah. And that one would have been so bad if Sophie was just a likable person. (laughs) I just did not like Sophie. She's like the worst, right? You agree with me? She's, she's selfish. Um, she seems to not care as much about Francis as Francis cares about her. Right. Um, and that's, you know, not cool. Yeah. 
But I guess that's also realistic. You know, there's no like guarantee that the person that you care for is going to care for you back in that same way. You know, I guess if you want to take like a realistic take on it, um, sometimes it happens, but you know, a lot of the times it doesn't happen that way. Um, and that's kind of how I took, you know, what the movie was trying to say about it. And you know what too, like, so when she's in Paris and she talks to Sophie, um, you kind of see some growth right there, like on the phone call. And she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I can't make it, but I'm happy for you. Da, da, da. She's saying the right things. And then Sophie officer offers her like, Hey, we're moving to Japan. So you can have a free place to stay in New York. And like, you know, from the movie that patch is loaded. So this is going to be a nice apartment that she can stay in for free, but she's like too prideful to take it. Yeah. And then she gets back and Colleen in the meeting that Colleen thought about canceling was like, Oh, I want to offer you this position. It'll be money. And then you can still kind of pursue your dream a little bit. Cause you're really great at choreography. And she's like, no, I'm going to find something else. And then takes like a much worse job at a camp where like most of the other workers are like 18 year olds. Right. Um, and it's just like the, the, the one like failing of her a little bit is like, I guess you could say is pride. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I agree with it. I agree with that. There are some other like, kind of funny moments um that we did miss though the one was uh benji you know we talked about these kind of like new york people that live in their own world and how uh you know they described it like benji and lev are, are rich and i just love the fact that you know her him and uh francis are talking about how they're so she, francis is like aren't we poor because he wants to go spend money and he's and she's he's like oh i took a loan from my stepdad such a bastard and then he's like, just bought three pair of Ray-Bans on the, on, uh, online because that's why he needed to take money. But my favorite funny scene was, and this was like in the trailer, so it's probably like what got me to see the movie. But uh, the girl that she's living with when Sophie, you know, after Lev and Benji and after Sophie and all that, um, she's like, oh, do you want to play fight? Because it's, you know, it's something she used to do with Sophie. And the girl's like, what are you talking about? And she just starts play fighting with her. The girl's like, what, the, what are you doing? Don't, you're like, what are you attacking me? She's like, well, no, no. And then like hits her again, and, like chases <laughs> her off the screen. Like that part to me was great. And it's why I think like this is probably one of his funniest movies. But the other thing I wanted to talk about is, and we talked about this a little bit in Meyerwitz because you kind of accused me of like, Bombax, like this well-known director. And I think that he's like, just like secretly recording things and like on the low and like not trying to pay a lot of money. Uh -huh. But the reason I, this kind of came to mind, not only squid in the whale a little bit and Margot kind of felt like it was shot that way, but the, the scene where Francis goes back to Sacramento, which initially I like kind of had forgotten that Greta co-wrote this, but like she's from Sacramento and Sacramento is kind of the scene for Lady Bird. But when I was watching that scene, I was like, this just feels like she took a like she took a flight to Sacramento, went to her family's house for Christmas. They had a bunch of people over and they were just kind of shooting it like on a single camera. And like doing that trip. And then she went back and yeah. then to find out that was her family and like probably her house. Yeah, that they filmed it at. And so it's like even the scene when she leaves there, you know, leaves their house and is flying back to New York. Like 
the scene in the airport felt like really quickly done because it's like 30 seconds, like a single camera on them and her and then her going up the escalator. But I did like I thought that scene was pretty cool just to see her kind of like in her element with her family. And I think it added like a lot to her character. And like, like you said, you're rooting for her throughout this movie. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I've never seen Lady Bird. um, So I don't know much about Greta's directing or writing style, but I feel like we basically have done a bomb back podcast at this point, but he likes to, you know, kind of write these movies as love letters to certain things. And I feel like this movie is very personal um, to, to, you know, maybe him, definitely Greta, but you could tell it's, it's very like a deep personal movie that is close to their heart, you know? No, absolutely. And I think one way to kind of do that very easily is like to make a movie black and white. (laughs) it kind of feels like a love letter like the way so when I first started watching this and I've seen uh Manhattan recently Woody Allen's movie and that's like a love letter to New York like the way it's shot there's so much like b-roll of it and because it's done in black and white and like the music it's it's like showing you like how beautiful New York can be it's like very well done but like that kind of felt that way with this and it's like when it was you know when I was re-watching it and you have the black and white and you're seeing New York and I was like if you show me New York in black and white, like you've already like in the plus column of like, I'm probably going to like this movie. And then, but the same too with Greta, cause she's from Sacramento, mm-hmm. like the way that they shot Sacramento in the black and white and like the, you know, her driving through and kind of the B roll too, I thought was made it look like a really cool place that you would even want to visit. And I've never had the thought to visit Sacramento before, but I think that aspect of it like really drew me in. Yeah, you know, I kept thinking of why it was black and white. And um, I like your explanation much better than mine. But I thought it was just to not take away from like the character work and the, and the you know, the development and the arc that, that Francis has, you know, so we're not distracted by all these, you know, whatever's whatever. And we're just focused on her. But then again, also, it's just like, you know, it's not art unless it is black and white. Well said. Well, Alon, I know you didn't like this one as much as other Bombback movies, but is this something you watch again? I, compared to all the other movies I've seen of him, you know, it, it's, it's a minor work of his in my eyes. But I honestly, it was enjoyable. And I think talking about it, it's funny because talking about it with you to this kind of level I think I even have more of an appreciation of it now than I did when I first saw it. Um, so, you know, I'll put this one as a maybe. I was, I was pretty sure I was going to tell you, no, I'm not going to watch this again. But now I think because of the in-depth that we did talk about it, and I feel like, oh, you said something, and I'm like, I don't quite remember that in the, in the film. It kind of makes me want to go back and, and see it again. So uh, I think... I'm going to change to a, yeah, I, I would see it again. Well, I'm glad I could have done that for you. Um, yeah, I, I, I like his movies a lot. Um, as we've talked about, this is being our third one we've done. Um, and this is kind of one of, my, one of my favorites. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Francis Ha. Later. <laughs>